0: coos house all right so in a weird way you can directly tie the rice owls to houston hiring willie fritz so do we owe them a thank you you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked on Cougars, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston, born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you have a chance or just a hater who can't stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way, you can listen to Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. If you found us on YouTube, welcome back to the YouTube channel. It is so so good to see you again. Remember to subscribe. to a giveaway of 250 subscribers. We just got in contact with Kenneth from the last giveaway at 1750. We are moving towards 1800. Next giveaway is obviously at 2000. It's a big one. It's going to be a big giveaway of some kind. We're still figuring that part out. But hit subscribe. Help us get there. Like and comment on the videos to let us know you are in the contest. If they're talking about rice basketball because Houston plays rice and basketball tonight you have nothing else to say you just don't know what to say you're just dumbfounded at how this is or is not a rivalry tell us in the comment section what your favorite rice dish is simple all right so today's episode we're going to look at the houston and rice basketball game as that tips off tonight um want to look a little bit at what rice looks like. I don't know how much you've been watching rice basketball. I admit I had to watch some extra rice basketball to get ready for this one because I had not been watching a lot, but I have some things to say about it. Uh, what will happen and what happens after. I think of important things for you to look at in this basketball game. So that is the second segment. And then I want to investigate if rice is a basketball rivalry, because if it's not, is it really just a football one? And I kind of want to ask why. Why? But first, some what Rice looks like. Now, Rice is three and five on the season. Uh, they're 220th in Ken Palm. but I don't think that's worth letting fool you. They've played some difficult teams so far. Um, in their five losses, they've played. They've lost to Texas. They've lost to Harvard. Don't sleep in the Ivy League. The Ivy League's got a handful of disciplined, very good teams this year. Um, they have beaten up on teams that I'd argue they probably should have. And there's not really a whole lot of like in between games for them. They lose to New Mexico by a lot. Right. Um, and then they beat St. Thomas by a lot. Right. They um, beat Houston Christian by almost double digits. Uh, they beat Tennessee Martin by 20. Right. Um I guess I look at this guy, these guys, and I see some talented athletes in the basketball court, though. And I think that's the thing that sticks out more than scheme, more than anything. The key player, there are three of them, but the most key player, as I see it, is Mikai Mason. Um, he has 15 or more points in five of their eight games. Uh, he's a big two-point scorer. Mid-range is okay. Loves get to the rim. Very typical 6'5", slasher type of basketball player. Um, he's... <sighs> better than the average recruit i would say that typically goes to rice for basketball um he was on the all-conference USA freshman team last year the conference new coming the year last year and it's conference usa all those kinds of things he was a, a multi-year starter at compass prep in arizona that's one of those big prep school powerhouses that plays in the nibc if you're into high school basketball recruiting and those kinds of things it's like the big time of big times um, and so to see that kid end up at rice is unique i feel like and I think it's the kind of thing where if you're not ready for it, he can sneak up on, you know, if you're preparing and film kind of things, obviously, but if you're like not really ready to play, he'll give you 25 pretty quickly. Um, he's got, he has to keep an eye on. I imagine he draws sharp, done, Arsenault, those kinds of bodies to cover him because of his size. Um, But I'll I'll be interested to see what Samson does with him. I'm sure it'll be more than one guy, frankly. The other guy is a key player, and you can probably say this about every single college basketball team out there, but it's their point guard, Travis Evie. Um, He's a double-digit points every single game, over 15 in five of their eight games. He has highs of 33 and 28 points due to score. He's pretty solid from behind the arc, too, at 14 to 42 and 33% from behind the three-point line, Um, which I think is shocking because his jump shot looks like the old guy in the rec league the place of the church down the street. Right. Like that's the kind of jump shot it looks like he's taking. And I don't mean that super pejoratively. I mean that like don't feel like he's having a one off night if he makes two of six from three or something like that against us, because that's just what it looks like. He actually shoots at a fairly high volume and fairly good percentages. He's a solid point guard, but not a great athlete. I gotta say, I think Jamal shed eats his freaking lunch. I really do. I think Jamal Shedd eats his freaking lunch on Wednesday night. Um, I guess we'll see, but I I don't think that that's a close matchup. I will say, we'll get into some of the second segment, but if Jamal Shedd gets into some of the same kind of foul trouble, that could be different because he is a very solid point guard. And frankly, as a veteran guy himself, he was a two-time Conference USA All Honorable Mention. He was a 2021 Conference USA Newcomer of the Year. He actually spent a year at Duquesne before that COVID year. He's a little bit older Guy. Um, so he will probably be trying to get Jamal shed into foul trouble. But if Jamal Shedd can stay clean, I think that he'll eat this guy's lunch. The guy that from a matchup perspective could actually give Houston some trouble is a guy I have slotted as their third key player as I look at making my own scattering report on this. Uh, Max Fielder is the center. He's a true 6'11. He was second team all conference USA last year. And when you look at him, you're like, okay, that guy's a double double. And this season, <coughs> well, excuse me, that was weird. Uh, and this season, he really is averaging uh, nine points and nine rebounds per game. So, like your classic, somewhat clunky, somewhat awkward big guy. I'm telling you right now, he's one of the best passing big men Houston will have seen thus far. I'm, he's better than the he's better pass than the guys in Utah. He's a better passer. And the guys at Xavier, he's a really, really good passing fit. He has just five assists on the season. Uh, frankly, when he spins the ball out of things, it's typically more to kind of get the ball movement moving, the ball movement moving. There's a better way to say that. Um, but he gets the ball moving, and it may be more of like a hockey assist or the pass before the pass before the pass kind of thing. But he sees the floor really, really well. It helps in your 6'11". You can see over the top of a lot of stuff, obviously. Um, but he is a really, really good passer with basketball. Not the kind of thing you typically see out of a guy at 6'11", but he has a laundry list, and this should make some sense for Rice. It's a very academic institution. He has a laundry list of academic honors, and I think that part of his passing prowess is being, A, able to see over the top of defense. I think that is part of it, but also, be a very smart guy that kind of understands angles and movements and, frankly, the, like, physics and speed of things. I think he's a sharp guy, and I think that really ties. You can see that in the way he passed the ball. He has, like, a flashy pass, and, you know, I I sped watch three games. He had a, a flashy pass in each of those three games, Harvard, Texas, and New Mexico. Um, And I, you know, I was impressed by it. I think he's really, really talented. I think he's the kind of guy that's got size, going to, like, really, like, challenge Javier Francis. But also, he's the kind of guy that passed the ball so well that we can't do a whole lot of doubling and monstering. Like That's the kind of thing that can beat the monster post-double team. And so we need to see what Samson does. They say, no, my ball pressure is good enough to beat that. We'll just beat it with rotations to the backside. We're good at what we do. We'll do what we do. That's what I imagine he does. Or is it kind of thing that like, hey, we got to play it more straight up and JBR, you got to go do it, right? How does Houston play that will be interesting to take, take into account and keep an eye on. Got stuck in the middle of those two things, but, I think those are the kind of things you've got to, got to, got to watch. Now, honestly, this is the kind of game where Houston should be trying to stay healthy, work on some things, and win. I want to talk more about how those kinds of things go in a moment and how the scheme of this will play out and all of that. But first, let's talk about that first thing, staying healthy. Because I know you and I will come to sports like this to escape from the crazy realities of your life. But can we talk a minute about preparing for those crazy realities and, and like potential illnesses and those kind of things? Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics um, right in the middle of the worst flu season over a decade. It's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or my six month old son, one of my uh, relatives that are a little bit older, uh, get stuck in, sick in the middle of this giant uh, supply chain issue that kept them from getting life-saving medication that they needed thankfully we're going to be okay because of jace medical jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to keep uh, to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, uh, sinusitis, and skin infections, other things. This stuff could all happen to any of us. Visit jaysmedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jaysmedical.com. Use code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off your order. Go to jaysmedical. Stay healthy today. All right, so I want to talk some about what this is going to look like. Um, I mentioned how strong a passer Max Fielder, their center, is. And what they do a lot of the times is play four around one. Uh, they'll typically play, when I say four around one, I mean, they'll start, obviously, the 6'11 center in the middle, and then the 6'5 perimeter guy, uh, Makai Mason, 6'1-ish guard, really close closer to six feet, traps Evie. They will have a more traditional 6'8-ish guy in that. Keanu Dawes, and then uh, I think it's Alem Husnivic. He is a six three, six, four other guard. Um, that's say that it's a bunch of perimeter guys that the 6'11 guy, right? That's what they look like. Um Keanu Dawes is six eight, six nine, but he's he plays along the perimeter too. And what they do is they look like a five spot and a domino a lot of the time. And by that I mean like two high, one middle too low. The one in the middle is 6'11 max fielder. He's more like around the nail in the middle of the three-point line, and he'll kind of float in what I call like a little triangle where he'll go from the nail to the middle of the post on one side to the middle of the post on the other side. He just kind of floats there, either ops the ball for a drop-off or above the ball for a kick-out or whatever, right? when guys are driving and those kinds of things. And um, what they do is they get a defense in somewhat of a rotation, pop it to him, and then he is finding other things. Oh, I hit the microphone. He's finding that dude for three, he's finding that dude with our defense rotates and that dude finds somebody else for three or the case may be right. He is really, really at starting those kinds of actions and reactions. It all is based though on beating a guy with the dribble and pulling his defender to help. That means that if some, you know, Malik Wilson or Jamal shed or Terrence, our snow or Manager, any of our guards are playing the kind of intense defense, you know, ball deny up in the grill of et cetera, guys that, uh, like Samson wants them to play, which is, again, a very stout way to play defense. And they get beat off the dribble, which happens to everyone, even the Houston Cougar. I understand you coach to perfection, but there is an understanding that, like, guys will get beat off the dribble of playing that tight to the ball, right? Javier can't really completely commit to the help side. He's got to kind of help enough to help let his buddy recover because if he comes off too much, then it's field, then it's a field day. I was about to say, yeah, because Max Fielder, he's flipping the ball around, boom, 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 right? And I have to say that that does worry me a little. Now, they play at a very different pace, and I think the biggest thing that's going to help Houston in this is, frankly, how poor they are defensively at Rice. Um, this could be a fun scoring game where Houston hits hundred. I mean, it could be that kind of high scoring. Game. It would probably be more like 80, but it could be a high scoring game because um, for whatever reason, and it's been different in each game, but rice plays the eighth shortest defensive possessions in all of college basketball. That means only seven other teams have shorter defensive possessions, meaning That a possession that ends on a made shot or a turnover or a missed shot happens faster than all but seven teams in all 330 plus college basketball division one teams, right? They average 15.6 seconds per defensive possession. It takes you six to get it across half court, right? And so what you're seeing there is a very quick, either open shots or you know, shot that might miss or a turnover, whatever. Um, And so you're seeing very, very quick possessions. I would also argue that based on their defensive rebounding rate, meaning how many rebounds they get defensively on missed shots, it's probably indicative of for those short possessions, teams are making a lot of shots against this team. And they look at their scores, you know, what they've been giving up this season. And uh, that would say the exact same. Thus far on the season, they've given up, um, let's see, they gave 89 to Harvard. They gave up 80 to Texas. They gave up 103 to Indiana State. They gave up 90 to New Mexico, 83 to UC Irvine, right? This is a team that has to be in a high school and, frankly, has to score a lot of points to even be in a game. Um, and then they give up a lot of points, obviously, on the opposite end of that. So... While their offense has some things that they do well, Houston's offense could be in for a fun, fun, highlight-filled kind of day if they're making their jump shots, if they're crisp on their passes, if they're dialed in, right? Um, Now, I say to say that this could be a fun high-scoring game for Houston. I'm predicting a win against these guys. Um, We'll talk more about why in the rivalry section, but I do want to point out that Houston's in an entering spot of their season, and so it's not necessarily just about... What they see on the floor Wednesday night. Houston um, just played uh, Xavier last. Was it was that Friday night? I ended up watching the game split up into parts, but watched they just played Rice. They just played Xavier last Friday night, right? They beat Xavier in a tough game, which they were really, really tested, especially with the minutes that Jamal shed had to miss and foul dribble, okay? Before that, they beat the breaks off Montana, but before that, they played Towson and Utah and Dayton, all in the Charleston Classic, and beat each of them. While the game was got chippy at moments, they beat each of them by double digits, right? Um, kind of a tough stretch there in the last two weeks. That was, I guess, concluded about two-ish weeks ago. They play Rice tonight, Wednesday night. They played Jackson State this Saturday, which looks like not a great team on paper because they're 261 in Kempom. Jackson State themselves um, is just, what is this, 2-7 and seven on the season, 2-6 and six on the season. Not a great basketball team. But it's weirdly a big basketball game for the campus because it's recruiting week in an open season on transfer portal recruits, and there's no telling with Willie Fritz now on campus who and how many guys will be there having a big fun atmosphere. As I want to give credit to Ryan Monso of go Cougs pointing out could be a big, big uh, reason kids want to come here after that weekend saying, Oh, when Houston has a good team, they to show up and support. If I come here and I'll make this team good, they'll show up and support me as Ryan Monso pointed out first. And I don't want, I want to give, make sure I give him credit. Um, that could be a turning point for recruits looking at Houston this weekend. So I would argue that Jackson State's an important game. It's an important game if you're playing basketball, too. It's a reason to win. But it's, it's an important game you want to win. An important game for the people that could be coming to it. And Rice and Jackson State, in combination, serve as your last warm-up game, warm-up games, before December 16th when you face off against AM and is technically a neutral floor in the Toyota Center. Now, I don't mean to hype this matchup up a whole lot, but it, it would be nice to beat the Aggies. The Aggies are currently 6-2 with a very difficult strength of schedule. I want to point out, though, that they are far and away the highest-ranked AP, Ken Palm, Net, etc. team. Houston will play in the non-conference. Penn, I think, is better than than their numbers show, but that's not for me to debate right now. The Aggies are a very talented basketball team, and frankly, Houston, to have a key non-conference win, one more, their biggest key non-conference win, before going into the uh, buzzsaw slash marathon that could be the Big 12, or that will be the big 12 um, needs to at least play well, if not to play well enough to win. in that one. I think there's a path to victory. We'll talk about as we get closer to it, but they really just have rice tonight and Jackson state this weekend to get ready for it. And that means you kind of have to start perfecting some of those things. Like what do you do when Jamal shed gets in foul trouble, who picks up the slack when he can't be on the floor, you got to kind of figure those out either tonight with rice or this weekend against Jackson state. And I think that's really, really important as you look forward to the season. Now, that's mostly because I see these two games as wins, and I think they need to focus on beating AM as well. And those are big, big wins for the Houston Cougars. Make undefeated at the end of December would be a big, big deal for this program. But if you also like winning, I'd recommend going to FanDuel because right now, as the weather gets colder, NFL offers are staying hot. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars back in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. You heard that right. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team just wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action this weekend. They have our Houston Texans as road favorites against the New York Jets. That money line, as we pointed out, is minus two forty. Throw something on. Throw five bucks on that. The Texans win. We celebrate Texans win. And you get $150 back in bonus bets. So go do it at FanDuel.com right now. FanDuel.com slash locked on. App is so, so easy to use too. So make sure you download on your phone or mobile device ASAP. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So this game is interesting because it doesn't have the same feeling as the football rivalry. And I kind of was trying to figure out why that is. Now, part of it is admittedly, I think, because recently, I mean, Rice beat us this year, and so like it feels much more like a rivalry now than it probably did a year ago. But honestly, the football game does feel like a rivalry because there's a trophy on the line and a title and a this and a that, and while they don't necessarily play it every year, although I think they are playing again in 2024, right? Um, it has this rivalry feeling to it that adds something to a game between the two large, it's two of the largest, I should give uh, Texas Southern some credit, Um, to the largest institutions in the city of Houston. But in basketball, Houston leads the all-time series 65 to 18. I'll repeat that. Houston leads the all-time series 65 to 18. That's a lot more than a couple years of High Slam That's a lot more than a couple years of Elvin Hayes. It's a lot more than the nine years of Kelvin Sampson. That's a lot, a lot of wins. Now, admittedly, they won the last, Houston has won the last six matchups that date back to 2013. They don't play each other every year, obviously, right? But they won the last six matchups that date back to 2013. So they're undefeated in the last 10 years against Rice. Um, Houston has 20 wins against Rice since the fall of the Southwest Conference, which I think is important because Rice, I think, feels like they got left out. I, Houston really was left out. It's very purposeful. We talked about that point in the podcast a number of different times. I think Rice weirdly feels like they were too, um, and both of them have incredibly small athletic departments after that, relative to big time college sports. Especially when you put it like factor in how successful the Houston Cougar basketball program was before all the money started flowing in for Big Twelve things and stuff like that, right? Houston, again, won 20 of the matchups since the fall of the Southwest Conference. Rice has only won 11. Uh, The coach Parrott over at Rice has not beaten Kelvin Sampson. He's been there since 2016. Um, I did think an interesting tidbit on him was um, he was an assistant before he was the head coach. Before that, he was assistant at Penn, Penn, like Penn University, so academic institutions, whatever. But before that, he was an assistant coach at Arizona State. And he got to Arizona state after coaching a small high school in the greater LA area called Artesia, where he coached one James Harden and then went to Arizona state where he coached and recruited one named James Harden. And then he went to Penn and so on and so forth. There was a small connection, to the city of Houston. And I wonder, um, you know, what the crossover there is and all that kind of stuff, because of, obviously he got here in 2016 and, and the Harden years overlapped that. Right. Um, I look at this potential rivalry and like wish, rice could carry their own weight in basketball and frankly as we saw when we were in it the american athletic conference is a good group of five basketball conference we're not going to talk about those tigers in tennessee but they added fau north texas was pretty strong last couple of years under mccaslin If they keep that rolling um we've seen tulane have talent we've seen temple have talent um we know what this conference can look like Um, Obviously, Houston has run it for a couple of years and is now out of it. But now that Rice is in the conference and they add recruits or add young guys like Makai Mason, they have good passing big men like Max Fielder. I wonder if there's some path to making this a somewhat competitive rivalry someday, much like Houston wants to. Recruit Houston kids and be the best of Houston and all those because it would make you good at most any athletic endeavor because Houston has a great recruiting ground for basically any sport you'd want to play, right? Certainly anything that Houston, the University of Houston is playing. In basketball, your recruiting classes are three and four guys. Houston, the University of Houston, could take the best four high school basketball players in the city of Houston every year and be a really good college basketball team, like be a really, really talented team. Frankly, you'd include guys like Arsenal and Tugler in that, right? Like I'm right. LJ Cryer went to Morton rant like this. This ain't complicated, right? But you're only getting four. If you do that, that's a big city of basketball after that. And Rice could also find one, uh, could, could find guys in a similar vein. Now, obviously Mackay Mason went to Arizona compass. And so it kind of defeats the purpose when he's an out-of-state kid, as far as what I'm talking about right now, but you do see academic institutions, the blue devils of Duke, right? Find ways to get by and have good basketball programs. Duke obviously being like the most prominent example, but the Ivy league has had a good couple of years here. Um, as of late, Michigan's a decent, a really good academic school. They've had good basketball history in the past so when they're not cheating in football um there's been moments where cal and stanford were good those moments are now but you feel me on those, those things could happen right um across the board strong virginia that's another good one strong academic institutions have found ways to be good at basketball so i kind of wish rice would do the same i i don't know why it hasn't happened they're in the same recruiting hotbed that houston is in We've seen academic schools do this before. You only need you know, two or three kids per class to make a good basketball team. And really, you only put five on the floor at a time. you got two really good ones. You're really, really good really, really fast. Um, I'm not saying they'll ever catch Houston in basketball, especially not where Samson, Samson and company are here. But I do think there's a path for them to make this competitive. And I know this is a Houston Cougar show, but I think it'd be better for the Cougs if it were. If it were, it'd make it more fun, it'd make it more fun for the fans, the city, etc. If it were. Now that's on them, it's kind of their problem. I'm predicting a fairly large margin of victory on Wednesday night. Yes, I said it. I'll go ahead and put the hoax on it. Don't put the hoax on it. Everything should go right. But I do think Houston should win this game by, we'll say 24-ish, a little over 20 points. And when it's all said and done, I think you'll see some Ryan Elvin minutes in the last couple of minutes. I think he'll make a three. And if you think I'm wrong, if you think I'm off, think I'm off base, think I got anything else I missed. Feel free to tell me on any social media platform at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S, W-R-T-H-512, all your social media platforms, Twitter slash X slash whatever. Instagram, threads, blue sky, whatever it's on. I am on it at Painsworth512. If you can tell me the comments down below, that's even better. So tell me the comment down below what you think I missed. Locked on Coops, the Prime Locked On Podcast Network. And if you like listening to college basketball talk, I'm gonna recommend Locked on College Basketball to do it all across the nation, each and every day. Andy and I are on a really fun show. Check that one out. Thank you again so much for making us your first listen, Locked On Coops is, like I said, a proud member of of locked on podcast network your team our cougs every day go cougs